0: This is Let's Just Be Friends, a podcast between two platonic soulmates. We're here to make you queer, answer sometimes great questions, uh, share riveting tales of our adventures and excursions throughout the deep, dark streets of our hometown and beyond. We're so glad to be back here with you after a couple of weeks of silence. And yes, it has been a couple of weeks. We've been trading off being sick. But now we're back, baby, and we're ready to give it to you. Nice and slow.
1: I How... love that. But also my intimacy issues just kicked in. It's like you guys were getting too close. We had to, we had to make you miss us. <laughs> we, had, we had to step back and like mm-hmm. make you chase us. And now yeah. we don't want you anymore.
0: <laughs> and that that is the way that our attachment issues work. Okay. So if you understand that, good. And now that we're here. Every yeah. day you give what
1: needs to be gave. And I'm just, I am so honored to be just a little moonbeam of the like constellation that you are. I'm just allowed to be here. And that brings us up to an even bigger issue that we've been dealing with, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um in- Imposter syndrome and whoa, how whoa, whoa. we don't love her <laughs> we don't know her we don't like her
0: you're diving deep into that cliff or off it you're diving deep off of that cliff so i'm soon. a
1: scorpio we're just gonna hit the we're gonna put our big toes on the metal on the pedal and we're just gonna hit the road you know right. like let's just do this let's give them what they came to get <laughs>
0: lightning <laughs> this is what you came for <laughs> i i know i butchered that lyric but rihanna will forgive me um, um it's
1: baby this is what you came for
0: yeah lightning
1: you know, strikes
0: every time she moves yes yeah. as the stand of the navy 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 as a stand of the navy
1: rihanna's gonna cancel us
0: it's okay She's canceled every last album she was going to release in the last few years. It's fine.
1: How dare you? And you know what? You're doing a wonderful thing right now. You're doing something that I'd love to see out of air signs. And it's completely avoid the point. <laughs> so let's get back.
0: Yes. Imposter to the, to
1: the topic at hand. Um, you're doing well. I had COVID. Um, I had bronchitis. And then I had COVID.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And well, then
1: you got COVID.
0: But I had bronchitis before that twice. Yes. <laughs> so
1: And we had, what was it? A sinus infection that we shared.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had
1: one week where we were both sharing a sinus infection. Because, you know, we're lovers.
0: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and then bronchitis. And, you know, I have half a lung. So that bronchitis nearly took me the hell out. And luckily came in here like mama bear with tea and hot cups. like uh, Like cups to keep things hot. And keep things cold at the same time. It worked. And then it was like two days went by. We were feeling great. And then we got sick. But that's what happens when you're two material girls.
0: I'm feeling fancy and foot free. Um, And by fancy and foot free, I mean I still want to be stuck inside the house. But I have work to do, right? The girls are flourishing. They're getting booked and busy. And Mm -hmm. therefore, we have to hit the road. But that comes with a lot of, as we've already mentioned, feeling like maybe some of the the blessings or things that the universe is pouring out to us are maybe coming at a weird time that makes us feel like we don't deserve them, question mark. Mm -hmm. So I know that you are going on this really, really cool journey where you are finally doing (laughs) your first pageant as a drag queen, an AFAB drag queen.
1: Yeah. So tell
0: us, you know, a little bit about your journey with drag first. I think we need a little context. Tell yeah. us how you started drag and what took you so long to finally enter a pageant.
1: Okay. Um <laughs> uh I started because I had cervical cancer and I was like, you know what, I want to do something fantastic because if I kick the bucket, at least they'll be like, damn, but her pussy popped, and I could be like, Yep. Um I met a lot of great queens here and they kind of helped give me a space and were helping me with my treatments while I was performing. And then it just kind of turned into a thing where it's like, oh, well, they actually want me here. And then um, I went into remission and I was just like, all right, I want to keep doing this. And I did. And it turned into uh, an escape for me because I was going through, you know, this a very abusive marriage. And um, I had a lot of times where the other queens in the dressing room were, like, helping me formulate plans to kind of get out of my marriage, helping me through some of the stuff I'm not even going to talk about on a public Mm -hmm. forum. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it flashed forward, and here we are four years later, and my ass is hanging up in Strange Brew.
0: (laughs) We love. So so tell us, right? You just dropped merch. Mm -hmm. The people are loving it. You have printed a beautiful foam core board that is now hanging in one of our local bars. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's, it's wild. It... Uh, Trey yeah. is fantastic. He's wonderful. Um, I've had a lot of people coming out of the woodworks and wanting to sponsor me in this pageant, and it's just been overwhelming, and that's kind of what's been triggering. I've been working really hard to put this pageant package together, and I just... I'm still fighting with myself. Like I'm trying to do like that new age thing, right? Where you're just like, I'm manifesting this. I know that I'm going to do it. I'm going to win. Nobody can touch me. But then at the same time, you're like, well, your family never loved you. So no one else is going to (laughs) like, did we go there? (laughs) Did we go there at at two o'clock on a Tuesday? So I'm fighting through a lot of that. And then I just also... I'm still reeling off of uh, the Disney movie Encanto, bringing up all that Latino yeah. trauma.
0: <laughs> we all are. for different reasons, but that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why
1: don't you? Why don't you tell everybody what you did to me on Thanksgiving?
0: Oh, it was one DC Mo. I decided we should go watch Encanto. Like mm-hmm. it looked glorious. You know, I'm I'm not one for really going to the theaters. And watching movies, unless I am really compelled by the content of the movie. And, you know, yeah. with it being one of maybe three movies I actually saw in theaters in 2021, Avengers and, cool. wait, was Black Panther the year before? Anyway, <laughs> Avengers being the, probably the only other movie I saw in theaters that year, which was also with you. Um, and, and I knew that you wanted to see it. So I was like, let's go, let's grab the kids and just go and see Encanto like I know it's going to be good and of course we get in the theater and not only you are sobbing but at least (laughs) children are crying at the same time and and I'm just like what happened what (laughs) what happened the original plot of the movie (laughs) what happened it's one of those
1: things where it's like you know how a lot of people when Black Panther came out was like as an African-American, you won't understand how much this changed you. Mm, like, mm-hmm. you can love this, but you won't understand. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. As
1: a Colombian and as Latinx, it hit on so much. And then there was so much of the narrative that kind of hit me afterwards that I was like, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea, do I relate to every every plot point in this movie in different ways? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm a single mother of three. <laughs> I'm trying my best,
0: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: and then just you know, Latinidad trauma, and um, it was a beautiful movie, and now it's the only movie that plays in my household because Logan only wants to talk about Bruno,
0: but we don't talk about Bruno.
1: You don't. You don't get to. You don't have the season pass.
0: Mm, I see. I see. It's I see.
1: Latinos only.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I can approve that. Stand mm. by it. So here we are. You are. Well well,
1: well, 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 we talked about, hold on before we continue with me. Why don't you give mm-hmm. a little synopsis of your 2021 and like how you got to this moment, because you did something very, very life changing and pivotal in the month of December. And you have to give space for that achievement.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everybody, um, I finally went through with my DDL. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so-
1: It's not quarantine. It's-, <laughs> it's a KFC three piece and a biscuit.
0: That's why I've been on lockdown. Um, wow! But took a while, but no, 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 no! That's not what happens this in December. Is- <laughs>
1: You and make it sound like they didn't have anything to work with, like they were sculpting you out of fresh clay. <laughs> yes.
0: So, 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 but seriously, um, besides enough, I hate
1: that right now.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and and for those of you who don't know what a BBL is, it's a Brazilian butt lift, and we are living our BBL fantasy all year round. Um, so don't clock us. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, no, I in December. Um, what was it like the 15th? No, it was like the 23rd, I think. Um, I finished up my last day of working as a co-director for um, the nonprofit I worked for, Prize Foundation. And um, it was uh, oddly like emotional, but not emotional, right? I, I put in five some odd years, um, building a lot of experience with the nonprofit especially as it involves, you know, festival work, so on and so forth, meeting lots of really amazing people and having a lot of experiences that I think many uh, folks my age would have really wanted to have so early in their career. But but now, now I'm on the other side of that. Um, I've kind of been waiting for th- the shoe to drop. I, you know, and I'm really working on not speaking negatively, but I've been kind of curious I was like things are going really well in 2022 (laughs) like um I I mean granted I've spent most of 2022 in the house because I've been sick so
1: far and that's why it's going so well
0: (laughs) but but um there's been a lot of fruit being bared and I can kind of do this adult thing on my own right you know I've I've kind of garnered a lot of skills that have made me capable of standing on my own two feet and providing for myself um, in 2022 is gonna be all about that manifesting that you mentioned earlier. So yes, um, I left my my full-time job and I'm kind of stepping out on faith and trying to do this all on my own. And that is both scary and exciting. So thank you for uh, pausing me there and asking me to talk about that.
1: Well, cause here's the thing over the last year, we've sat down and had some really serious conversations with each other, just, you know, what friends do and have tried to be like, where do we see ourselves? Where do we want to go? Like, why are we not there yet? Because Mm -hmm. we're both impatient people in a certain way. And we both have a very specific idea of what success looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And we're like, we're in our late twenties. We should be there already.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You
1: know, like, The idea that like, oh, I should be living here or I should be doing this on my own or I should have this or I should have something already in my name, like a big LLC or something. Mm
0: -hmm. My
1: bank account should be so fat, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a really great point to maybe stop and expand on that thought, right? And I'll start, you know, like with how success maybe looks to me has looked in the past and maybe how it's evolved over time um i think before i was living in a scarcity mindset where it was avoidance of failure which equated to having fiscal maneuverability and surplus which i in turn realized was not necessarily me like working hard and really proving myself, it was a lot of me worrying about like being impoverished Mm -hmm. and using that as a crutch for overworking myself and not resting and giving myself time to process what I wanted, which I honestly didn't know before, right? I had no clue about what i wanted for myself and for my future because i couldn't see it i was too tired to see it i was too stressed to understand it and all of that has sort of morphed recently into understanding that for me that means being able to live more independently and be able to go out and experience the world in ways that i haven't in the last five or so years it means traveling it means collaborating with my friends in really cool and unique ways to make our surroundings more livable and exciting. It means elevating my voice and and giving myself space to care for me that is not rooted in somebody else being satisfied or accepting of how selfish I am with my time. Um, Well,
1: I think also not viewing ourselves as selfish for putting our needs first and actually taking the time to say, No, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to make you happy today. I want to make me happy. I don't have space on my plate to dance for you. Mm
0: -hmm. And if you
1: want someone to dance for you, I suggest WB 11's Michigan J frog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And that has been
1: for me, what I've seen you really struggle with
0: Mm -hmm. in this
1: last year where it's like, I don't know if it comes from a feeling of like, will I be not enough or inadequate if I don't please X, Y, and Z, or I don't do these certain things, and then publicly people are going to start thinking this of me.
0: It's like but a love I've thing. I've noted it's a love yeah. thing. It's like, and and I, I know this. I had to come to a place realizing this through therapy. I had to come to a through a place of realizing this that like love is not finite and it does not end in places where you already have it. Mm -hmm. So people are are a concern for people losing love for me because I am creating space for myself to be happy and sane. Those people, if they really care about me, won't shift. And I I Mm -hmm. had to realize that I had to give myself the permission to believe that I am worthy enough of love that it wouldn't disappear. But Mm -hmm. that's been obviously a very difficult um, journey to take, but I'm growing through it. And a lot of that has had to do with like really great friendships, right? Like I I Mm -hmm. have you in my life consistently and I'm growing many other friendships as well that I think are just a lot more mature than the ones I've had in the past. Yeah. And that is both a exciting and scary part of growing up. Um, but may I ask about what you saw success as before versus what you see it as now and maybe how, you know, we could work together to see how that may tie into current things of imposter syndrome.
1: Well, I think because of like a lot of the stuff, I mean, we've talked about this and I'll just be like blatantly honest, like just growing up and being homeless as a teenager. Um, my goal at the end of the day was always to have a roof on my head was to always have enough food so that I didn't like feel hungry. Like I knew I would be hungry, but I I didn't want to feel hungry, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I haven't gotten out of the survivor mindset where I just have to have enough. Like I just have to have this thing tonight so that I can get to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think successfully, I just want to get to the point where and this has been a big point for me over the last few months. I, I work all week. I work every show I can get on um, in the month of December. I worked every Friday and Saturday <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just to make things work. And, you know, it's, it's hard when you're you're a mother of three and life is expensive. And I do shows just to pay for groceries and stuff and that's fine everybody does things to earn money but I would really love to have enough stability in my financial sector that I don't have to worry about missing a day of work or like with COVID I don't have to worry about being out of work for a week like I had bronchitis almost ended up in the hospital with a pneumonia and um, I didn't want to go to the hospital because I couldn't miss work And then I turned around and got COVID and ended up missing work. So that's just for me. It's like, I don't care about fame and notoriety. I care about financial stability. Mm -hmm. And I think that once I heal that childhood trauma of just having to have my instincts and my wits about me all the time, I think I'll be able to enjoy things more and just let myself go after things that i want to do in life Mm -hmm. but right now where i'm sitting it's like mentally and this is probably not the best opinion but mentally it doesn't matter about my hopes and dreams because i have three children like i already have kids Mm -hmm. so it's like i have to do whatever i have to do to make them have any bit of a life better than what i had like that's the hope and the dream but I also, you know, I grew up in an immigrant family. So if you were outside of anything, if you had any hopes, dreams, and anything that didn't align with what your family wanted for you, you had like taken the opportunity to come to America and just shit all over it. Mm. So, like, I want my kids, I want to be so financially stable that if my kids want to go to art school, I can send them to art school. If they want to just go and be like, um, I study literature for a living. Go for it. <laughs> uh, like, cool. You wanna you wanna be comfortable going to get a doctorate? I got you.
0: Mm-hmm. Which they should be. They'll never realize it now, but one day when they're old enough, they're gonna surely be so amazed. But, but like, for you. Where do you sometimes feel doubtful of your abilities as a reformer, as a mother, as just a potential loved one to be a person of value in what you offer to the world? And where do you think some of that may come from? Oof.
1: Well, as a performer, just being um, biologically female, even though I am non binary. Mm-hmm. Um, being biologically female, I have to be 10 times better than any other queen that's out there. Mm-hmm. And I have to work harder. My costumes have to be on point. I have to have mixes. I have to be funny. I have to be on all the time. I have to be warm to everybody. I have to be welcoming or else it's like, oh, she's not humble. She's just, she knows that she's a sh- the know. I can't work too many shows because if I work too many shows, then it's favoritism. And I I can't work at certain venues on certain days because then I'm trying to kill another venue. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And it's just it's gotten to the point where it's drag was such a passion for me. And I I feel like I started losing it a little bit because it's just there's been so much shit to shovel through. Mm-hmm. And I want to be proud of all of my accomplishments, but it's like every time I do something that is, quote unquote, like leveling up, there's always so much more that I have to deal with on the back end. Like when I got my show at Bears, like that was fun and fantastic and amazing. And I'm just very grateful to have the opportunity. But that came with, you know, the possibility of being fired from another bar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I would be offered a slot with one particular bar, and then I got, I did get fired yeah. from that one bar for taking mm-hmm.
0: it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like every two minutes, if I come on the stage and like you know I've been hosting a lot more. If I host a show, then it, it's not off of my talent. It's not off of anybody's belief in Zaza. It's off favoritism. It's off. Um, I don't know. Like I just. I want something that makes me feel like I'm being seen Mm -hmm. because being a mom, you don't really get to be seen, you know? And especially with how my marriage was set up when I was married, it was, Mm -hmm. it it was much better to be, you know, the wife that was beautiful and just seen, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was the, the look at her, she'll clean the house and cook and take care of the kids, but she's not allowed to have an opinion or a bank card. So there's a lot of empowerment that comes with my drag. But there's also so much that I have to deal with in order to keep my, I guess, my head up. And that's always that's always annoying because I feel like after after the four years that I've been doing drag, I really have shown that I take it seriously and that I, I love what I do. And people I mean, people are buying my shirts. That's crazy. And this is not even the first shirt drop I've done. This is like my fourth shirt I've come out with. And every single drop I've had people buy my shirts. And that's wild. And that makes me uncomfortable. Not because I'm not grateful, but it's just like, I don't see, I guess, what I do the way other people see it. Like, I always lessen it and be like, oh, I'm just shaking my ass for cash. And then there'll people that'll be coming up to me and they'll be like, oh my God, I love you. You're so funny. Like, I just really enjoy you. You're so raw. You're so real. Bah, bah, bah. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: they, they believe in your craft.
1: And it, that's the hard part. When you're not used to a nurturing environment. Like, it, my soil has always been tough. So it's like being in a space now where People are, you know, putting my photos (laughs) in places or buying my T-shirts. You know, I have another friend that's literally printing shirts for me for this weekend so that, you know, we can sell them to help me raise money and just wanting to do things to help me get my goals and dreams accomplished. And that it's hard to handle. And it's not because I'm not grateful, but it's because I don't know how to receive love as a person. So it makes me be like, okay, 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 what do they want out of me? Because that's how my relationships Mm -hmm. with people have always been. So I don't think my imposter syndrome is like me being like, I'm not good enough. I think my imposter syndrome is much more of like, what are you going to benefit out of being nice to me?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What
1: are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Like, it just, it's, it's kind of traumatizing. Where it's like you realize that you just don't know how to take human kindness. And, you know, my my drag brother, Colton Styles, he (laughs) said to me, he was like, you know, ever since you announced that you were going to do this pageant, he was like, it's been a different Zaza. It has been such a determined, like driven. He was like, your drag has leveled up immensely. And he was like, in just a month. And there was a part of me that was like, hmm, I don't think so. And then I think it was more of, I started getting more confident in what I was doing. Like, in the last month or so, I really started being like, I've got this.
0: Maybe it's just a little bit of both, right? But, you know.
1: Yeah. Like, it's hard to be a public person. Um, And it's at the point where we just, we have to admit that I am. Yes. I have to admit that I am. Uh, And I can't sit here and be like, oh, no, it's just because everybody loves Steven. Which... (laughs) has always been my go-to sentence. Like, you know me because you know Steven. But it's to the point where it's like, okay, I'm a public person, but I'm an introvert that plays an extrovert on TV. <laughs> yeah. And I have to just accept people for what they're offering and not be like, what nefarious reasons are you being nice to me right now? <laughs> yeah,
0: because I mean, it's it's also not fair to the people who do love you, right? Mm-hmm. When you are sort of denying their love for you are trying to quantify and qualify it. So you have to allow for people to pour into you even though it may feel uncomfortable to you.
1: Our journeys, they're different, but they've been so similar with having to allow people to, A, be on our side, be on our team, offer us opportunities and B, not be the one to shut it out ourselves.
0: You're right. You're correct, actually. You're actually the most correct <laughs> in the last five seconds than you've ever been. And this is amazing. Um, but I, I receive that. I, re- I really, really, really do. Um, because I am crown champion of deflection of love. Mm. And I'm very good at being like, I hear you, but what about this? (laughs) Like, what if we had the conversation in this manner (laughs) in which the compliment for me didn't exist? And, And, you know,
1: we we had kind of a breakthrough moment over this last month, and we don't have to talk details of it, but we did have a moment where it was like, I think it kind of finally hit for both of us that it's like, oh no, this person is like, a solid person in my life like this person's gonna have me regardless of anybody else and it's like we've been best friends for over a year now and still we'll have those moments because of our personal trauma where it's just like waiting for the other shooter drop even in our own friendship or it's like just waiting for the other person to wake up and be like i don't want to play with this toy anymore you know mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. before we escape the point mm-hmm. we have been growing As people and a lot of that comes with honoring and realizing that the feelings that we sometimes have are buried in past experiences that no longer are serving us as we are Mm -hmm. because those feelings belong to people who were of a different age in a different time in a different place and we cannot continue to carry those with us Because, again, they don't serve us. They don't help us grow. They don't help us move forward. They don't help us in our new relationships. They only Mm. set us up for further uh, uh, trauma responses. Yeah. Being, you know, toxic. And I
1: love a trauma response. You know me. That's my favorite. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: (laughs) But I think for me, because you're less um, open emotionally than I am like you're receptive and you're very good at speaking your truth and what you have to say but to pour raw emotion Mm -hmm. is not your aesthetic Um, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be in your book there's no chapters on it for you and that's just for me where I was like okay there's such a level of trust now that we can just be two people that care about each other and support each other And don't even need to be around each other to be like, I know that that person's okay. And if not, I'm kicking ass. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: on the other end, I'm I'm wickedly, rawly emotional. Like, I will cry at the drop of a hat. Like, I'm ready to be snot-filled and just sobbing. But being able to create a safe space to be raw and vulnerable, that only makes... I guess it more like, oh, I could lose something here, you Mm. know?
0: However, I think what makes that maybe less of a concern is that there's also effective communication in our relationship, which has also made it possible to effectively communicate with people around us. And I think that there's sort of a weird effect that has started to like blossom in our personal relationships where we're communicating in a way that makes it easier to maybe be more emotionally open and receptive or perhaps talk through something a little bit more logically and step by step to unpack like where a bad feeling came communication happened so that we can form uh, healthier relationships with people around us. And let and... me tell you mm-hmm. not to
1: cut you off Mm-mm. but like I, I have never been the person to look somebody in the face and be like first of all mm. I'm usually I'm usually a person to like I'm going to sit with it and I'm going to think about how to deliver it. The way I had a recent situation go down and we we've spoken about this and I was just like like here's what you said here's why we'll never speak again and respectfully Like, don't ever contact me again. Don't don't hit me up. We're not cool. If you see me in public, avert your eyes because we have nothing to say to each other. Obviously, I called you hysterical crying because I'm going to be emotional. Still, even in that emotion, just proud that I felt secure enough in myself, which is all new, right? But I felt secure enough in myself to be like, you are allowed to demand respect from other people. And that's hard when you're battling like that imposter syndrome where you're like, are, are, do people actually see me or do they see Zaza? Do people see me or do they see this potential friendship with Steven they want to have? The moment where it's like I could sit here and I could be like, this was really fucked up. But you know what? I did something about it. I didn't wait to do any like I didn't wait for anybody. I said what the hell I needed to say. And I kept myself at the forefront. And that's new. Like this is all stuff that we've been talking about like. The way Mm. (laughs) you can so easily and without hesitation remind a bitch who the fuck you are and what your boundaries are without even blinking or taking a breath. Oh my God. The Academy is going to nominate you.
0: Being more vocal about what I need in a space. I've grown grown to have the ability now where I understand that my voice, my presence, my thoughts matter just as much as anyone else's. And being able to advocate for myself has been like the greatest gift as I've grown older. And I understand that my significance in a space, my ability to state and stand behind that significance hinges all on me, understanding that I don't need other people to approve or love me to appoint where I am standing up and saying hi I'm here um, and I also get to sit at this table I also get to stand on the stage I also get to talk to that person there's nothing stopping you except for you yes perhaps people will look agape and aghast as you will as you walk over to the most important person to the room and like introduce yourself right but what's going to like what's worst thing's going to happen they'll remember that you took the time to come over and talk to them and you didn't wait to disappear into the rest of the crowd like other people. So it's it's been a work in progress for sure. But I'm really honored that you think of me as such a forthright and and very confidence-inducing person.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like, we've always been able to speak to each other. So it's never been something where it's like, I can't be like, oh, I'm insecure in this space. And the Mm -hmm. fact that I've had a friendship where I can just look at you and be like, hey, I'm disassociating because I don't feel comfortable in this space is like wild. And like, that's kind of the thing I've been dealing with with the pageant is like, I know people see me, but it's recognizing that people are going to see me now. And Mm. that's that's kind of hard to put yourself on display when you're just like internally trying to like, figure out where your voice is as a person. Do I have the opportunity to chase my dreams and also take care of the things I need to as a mom? Like, is it selfish in a negative way to do that? And like having somebody where I can say, Hey, this is just what I'm feeling in this moment. This is just my chaos. Are you like, or even being, Hey, are you mentally available to let me just rain my chaos down on the both of us for just a couple of minutes and you can just tell me and reassure me that I'm just spiraling.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes it's just like, sit there, agree. I'm like, this is fine. Get it out. But mm-hmm. I think that in navigating, you know, our own sense or set of imposter syndromes, that we're understanding that there is no one right right person you should be to be able to achieve or live in any kind of moment. You simply just have to live it all and be willing to take steps towards your own greatness. Greatness doesn't wait for people to decide they're ready. You just have to get up and do anything. You're allowed to both be a mother and a successful drag queen. I'm allowed to be both a, Black man and a CEO, and whatever else I like, I want to be, right? You know, like I'm allowed to work towards my own goals and ambitions without me imposing restrictions on them based on what I think other people feel I'm ready for. And life can be easy, life can be great, life can be everything we want it to be when we start believing we're already everything we need to succeed. And I think that's just. Maybe both where we're landing currently is mm-hmm. that there is no more preparation we need to do. It's not that we're experts by any means in anything that we are working at, but that we understand that we have enough to do anything, mm-hmm. that we are enough as we are. And that is both scary and exciting
1: And like, there's a photo of us from my birthday that you posted in your end of the year recap. And this is the first time I've seen it. But it's just you and me. And I'm obviously blacked out. But it's just (laughs) such a tender moment of us just looking at each other like, look at us. We got this. Where it's like, yeah, this pageant's going to be scary. Anything new is scary. But if I win, being able to be like, look at what we did, kid. You know, with you and everything that you're doing with your businesses and the way that you are fully committed to following where you want to go and like listening to your gut and just trusting that things are going to come to you. Right. Look at that. Look at that. Like, look at you. Like, it's just the excitement for each other that just. It's overwhelming sometimes because you're just like, oh, my God, we grow up so quick. It's only been a year. (laughs) yes. (laughs) But it's, it's just in that time frame, we've gone through so much emotional, mental and like physical and spiritual like transformations that it's like, I'm so excited to see what you do with your future. I don't know a path that you'll ever be on that you won't be successful. And it's like exciting to see you start feeling that way about yourself because it's like, I'm your biggest fan. Like, I may be your best friend, but I'm out here like, first of all, you think that person can do a Stephen can do a, a better job, but you're going to pay Stephen more. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen can do it. But, what? You want Stephen to fly a rocket to the moon? He ain't never done that before, but you're going to pay him twice. Like, mm-hmm, you will pay him mm-hmm. twice the price.
0: And of course, we know that you are going to thrive in all the spaces that you're taking up this year personally professionally you are going to give it to us and I can't wait for your sweeping successes um it's going to be challenging but it's going to be so worth it I know that you're nervous about a lot of it but your success is already sewed. and once you you know hit the stage and you get out there and you do your thing and people start to see you it's gonna be just a whirlwind so you know I say to you now taking your deep breath taking the quiet moments you have because him a coming
1: (laughs) (laughs) and like I said to you before you know in my one of the middle of the night moments like I'm gonna get a crown either way if I gotta buy it myself I'm gonna get a crown (laughs) like Mm -hmm, I'm
0: gonna mm -hmm.
1: I'm gonna be fine like that's the cockiness too that I have with it, where it's like, it's hard to be cocky when I'm also like, oh, but will you though? But I'm also like, I'm trying to drown that out and be like, no, my core circle, like my family circle, has done nothing but pour into me love and affection. And like, it's exciting. I'm very excited for this year, even though we are still dealing with some of the past. I remember us last. Christmas, like last Christmas, last New Year's Eve. And our whole goal for the year was let's just get through the year. And the fact that we are giving ourselves space in a much healthier way Mm -hmm. and not just survive, this is really an exciting time for the both of us. And I just, I I always am just so excited that if we're going to go through anything, we're always going through something together. (laughs) It's never one of us struggling. It's like, all right, nah, bitch. Like, we got this. We're we, <laughs> we, we going to breathe through it. You come over here and eat this ramen.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, ramen sounds so good right now. But, 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 but before we end up going on agnosium, I have to hear it. I'll do one, too. You're going to leave sort of like a a capsule, right? Mm-hmm. Like like something you're going to dig up later. Um, What would you like to say to yourself, A year from now, um, as like encouragement, as Mm -hmm. maybe excitement, um, something you want yourself to remember when you are sitting in this seat a year from now and you've gone through the rest of this year. Go.
1: First of all, that ass is fat. Those big toes is painted. Your nails, your hair, your edges made it through the year. I'm so proud of you. Those brows, questionable. Well, we got this.
0: Mm-hmm, um,
1: mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Like, look at look at what you can accomplish. Like, look at where you started. Like, let's really you you didn't have an out you had an outhouse growing up. You didn't have <laughs> indoor plumbing. Look at you, lap a luxury bitch. <laughs> but like, wow. It's just wow. Like, I'm I'm just excited that I'm going to allow myself this year to invest in myself good or bad or indifferent. Like you still gave it your all. And even if your all was just taking a shower and going to bed because you needed to fucking sleep, I'm proud of you.
0: Mm -hmm. That was actually super sweet. And future Brie, you're welcome by the way, (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you Stephen. Yeah, yeah yeah thank you
0: <laughs> um uh, as for a future Stephen, yes um wow look at you and how much you have allowed yourself to trust your gut instincts and step towards a future that was unexpected, unplanned, actually. (laughs) You (laughs) probably are in a place right now that you had no idea that you'd end up there. You had no idea. you pick up skills that you'd be going to as many places as you thought you did this past year. And that you would have found love in really, really unexpected places and from really unexpected people. But there is so much to be thankful for in life. And I'm hoping for many, many more successes, and excitement for you. So, go you! And your body looks great. Good Mm -hmm. on you for getting back in the gym. Um, (laughs) You turned it out at Hangout Fest too. So high five! High five! Yeah. So yeah, I can't um, wait to
1: film the real world Shreveport with
0: mm
1: -hmm. um, the our lovely friends from Bears and Strange Brew going to be in a house together for hangout fest. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for you. I'm really excited for me. And I'm just happy that we both have a space where now we're healthy again (laughs) and mentally we're able to take on all of the goodness, all of the blessings that this year is going to give us.
0: And with that said, ready to sign off?
1: You got it.
0: All right. Well, this was Let's Just Be Friends, a podcast by two platonic soulmates. We were so thankful to have you rejoin us for another riveting episode where we talked about the ins and outs of our lives. You got updated a little bit about everything we have going on. And now we send you off into the new year. Be great. Be blessed. Be magical. And we'll see you in the next episode.